0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I am Shane Raymer. It's Shane Rayburn you're listening to that Your guy Podcast Are you guys fucking glad I don't talk like that? What if I did talk like that? I saw a comment the other day and someone said He has podcast voice And I went, podcast voice? What the fuck is that? I don't have podcast voice That would be podcast voice or radio voice to me So I don't have that So whoever you are that wrote that, fuck you Take that Yeah, that's a good way to start the show, huh? Well, I'm Shane Raymer, you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we don't give a fuck about you or anybody else, and I'm just kidding, we do, we love you, we love you guys, we do, and we help people stay sober, we also talk about drugs, alcohol, recovery, some other random shit, we like to have some fun in the process, have a good time, talk a little smack, you know it, we're gonna talk about opening day baseball today, we're gonna talk about getting my ass kicked in front of a crowd of people at CrossFit, oh yeah, that was fun. Uh, we're going to talk about skateboarding and writing Mongo. Who the, who, who the, who knew about writing Mongo? Does anybody know about that? Writing Mongo. I had never heard of it. And we're going to talk about what Mongo is. We're going to talk about skateboarding. Uh, Cash and my little cousin Nolan, who Nolan is blind. He had retinoblastoma, I think is how you pronounce it. Forgive me if I, if I slaughtered that, uh, but basically had to have both eyes taken out and the dude shreds the gnar on the skateboard. I posted a video of it, uh, of it up on uh, Instagram. So you can check it out there, him and cash skateboarding around, but, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then what does this have to do? All of this stuff, baseball, getting my ass kicked at CrossFit skateboarding, blind skateboarding. Uh, it has to do with stepping out and doing shit that makes you feel uncomfortable. And we're going to talk about that and how it relates to recovery today. Uh, But first, before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at realthatsoberguy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Yes, Shane Raymer, at Shane Raymer. I still don't know how to use Twitter. Uh, Let's do this real quick. It's not a beer, I promise. It is a bang, a cherry limeade. Oh, I'm sorry. Cherry blade lemonade. Bang. Let's take a sip. Oh, if Jess ever listens to this, she'll love that. I'm going to do it again for her. Hey, guys. Today, I'm going to be drinking a Bang. It's a Cherry Blade Lemonade. Ah, ASMR. If Bang wants to sponsor our show, feel free to do so. You can contact us. Just kidding. But you can contact us at, at RealThatSoberGuy on Instagram once again. And Twitter at Shane Raymer. I already said that, but why not say it again? What the hell? So that was totally in the moment because my kids, believe it or not, they're into this ASMR shit. And I guess it's a thing right now, not just with the kids, but everywhere where people eat food and they do it on the microphone. And it is disgusting. I can't believe I just did that to myself. I don't know that I'll be able to listen actually to this episode. I'm going to have to probably fast forward that as I was doing it. It didn't bother me, but hearing it back is really weird and disgusting. So if you're into ASMR, what is wrong with you? Why would anybody enjoy that stuff? I don't really get it, but it is kind of comedy. So yes, I'm drinking a bang and uh, it's pretty good. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, and we're going to come back to this in just a second because I got off track with the weird ASMR. I think that's what it is. Let me talk a little bit first about Foundations Recovery Network. Uh, Now, finding the right treatment for addiction and for mental health illnesses can be tough. And um, there's a lot of shady, shitty people out there. I'm just going to say that first and foremost. So when you reach out to somebody, you want to know that they're valid that they're, uh, they have a great reputation, that um, you know somebody who's, who's worked with them, who has been to treatment, who's worked with people in treatment, who's worked with the team there. Uh, and that's why we've continued to partner with Foundations Recovery Network, because we trust them, because they do a, a phenomenal job, because they actually care. Now, they stay true to their mission. They hold high ethical standards, and uh, they provide treatment in a nationwide network. They have both residential and outpatient programs. Uh, they have individualized treatment plans, and they're focused on creating lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. Uh, here's another part of this vision that I think is so important. Um, not only have they built the leading, uh, the industry's leading research and outcomes program, uh, they're going to fulfill the commitments to the patient, but not only the patient, but also their loved ones too, and help meet their personal goals as well. Uh, so you're going to be well taken care of. Once again, I promise if you call foundations, um, you're going to get some, some questions answered and uh, they'll give you some great info. And that's why we continue to par- partner with them because uh, they're great people. So le- to learn more, you can go to FoundationsHelp.com/soberguy, uh, slash sober guy, or you can call eight, three, three, eight, one sober. Uh, that's eight, three, three, eight, one sober. Uh, you can talk with an admissions coordinator about treatment options. Speaking of foundations, we're going to be at the Innovations in Recovery Conference podcasting live April 16th through the 19th in San Diego at Hotel Hotel Del Coronado. Uh, Good times there. Lots of live podcasting going on, hooking up with some great people, spreading the good word of recovery. Uh, If you want some information about that or any of foundations events, you can go to foundationsevents.com and you can check those out there. Uh, Let's see. We have some live podcasts coming up. uh, Actually, one coming up next week, April 6th. uh, That's at Journey Coffee in Vacaville. We'll have special guests. We're going to talk about um, recovery, of course. We're also going to talk about some parenting, some entrepreneurship, um, motivational uh, shit, whatever that looks like. I don't know. I'm just trying to motivate you guys. You know, I'm just trying to, uh, not only motivate you guys, cause I can't really make anybody do anything really motivate my ass too, like to help stay motivated, to, to help stay sober, to help stay in this positive, um, positive realm, positive environment. Uh, I know for me, for the longest time, my brain has been conditioned to consistently go to the negative side of things. So this, this, um, you know, recovery life, this lifestyle, is uh, a constant work, and I am uh, always having to remind myself, you know, that I don't have to go to the negative side of stuff, and I, I can look at the positive. I can see the glass half full, and uh, it's a much better way to live my life. Number one, uh, I hope that makes a little bit of sense to you too, because I know there's a lot of other people out there who struggle with it as do I. Um, but at the same time, people ask me, well, why do you do these live events? Why do you still, you know, why do you put in all this work on the podcast? Why do you, why do you still go to meetings? Because this shit is a lifelong lifestyle. It's not just something, Hey, I'm going to be sober and then everything's going to be great. doesn't work like that, you know, and do I have it all figured out? Absolutely not. But that's why I'm grinding in on it every single day. Uh, so I also, actually, let me give you a couple more of the show dates too, in case you're in the Bay area, Sacramento area. Um, or if you wanted to come out to Cali for, for a show too. And if you ever did that, please let me know, hit me up and say, Hey, I'm coming from out of state. We'll make some, uh, we'll make some special arrangements so we can hook up for that too. Uh, but the other show dates, uh, we have April 6th, we have May 11th, June 1st, July 6th and August 3rd. Those are all with the exception of the May 11th date. They're all the first Saturdays of the month. Uh, so if you'd like to check out a, a, a live sober guy show, we have Q and A's, we'll have some special guests. We're going to party sober. We're going to have a good time. Drink some bomb ass coffee. Uh, thanks to journey, journey coffee company in back for letting us come out. Uh, so look out for that in the weeks to come. We'll be promoting that. We'll have some updates uh, as to who the guests are uh, as we do that on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, okay. I get a lot of questions also about early sobriety. What do I do? Where do I go? What don't I do? How do, how do I stay sober? I don't have all the answers. So I created a course, a podcast video course. It's called How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety. It's got some of my friends, some of my colleagues in there and we're discussing in each chapter, each each segment the fir- what is the first uh, thing that they did in their first 90 days or from a doctor's perspective, what are some of the things that you're seeing? uh, clients come in who are struggling with addiction do in their first 90 days. And then of course, sharing some of their expertise, uh, uh in that field and, and what it is that they specialize in, whether it's coaching or, uh, from a, a physician standpoint or from a podcasting standpoint and just finding something that you enjoy to do. And, and, and you're in recovery from traveling, uh, from a book, you know, an author, we have author, uh, authors on there as well, who have written books and, uh, created their own platforms in order to help, uh, kind of like I did, I guess, with Sober Guy. I mean, this thing has helped me stay sober big time. So how do you find your purpose? How do you find some passion in being uh, or, or in caring you know, about what you do? And I think for me, that's been a huge thing to fuel me through recovery each day because I, I really do wake up and enjoy uh, each day. I have my days, don't get me wrong. Some days, man, I want to bang my head against a brick wall, no doubt. But uh, for the most part, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't live like that anymore. It's It's a complete... Uh, complete change from five and a half years ago. Uh, so anyways, what the hell does that have to do with the course? I don't fucking know, but you can get it right now at that uh, You can click on courses. You can go there. There's a little promo video on there. I'll give you a little quick uh, insight into what it's about. Um, also, I don't think I've mentioned this in the last couple of episodes, but I want to give the podcast away, the podcast. I want to give the course, How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety, I want to give it away for free to all veterans. So uh, if you're a veteran out there and you're struggling right now, or you have a family member who's a veteran and they're struggling, uh, trying to stay sober, uh, please hit me up and uh, and and we can uh, make some arrangements and I can hook you up with a promo code for the course. Once again, that's at SoberGuide.com. Click on Courses. Um, okay, so let's get into this today. Uh, we're gonna talk about opening day baseball, like I mentioned. We're gonna talk about some crossfit, some skateboarding, and then stepping out and doing shit that makes you feel uncomfortable. Like quit crying and get uncomfortable. How hard is it? I know it's very hard. It's not something that we want to do. Who the shit wants to be uncomfortable? I mean, I know I don't. I don't like being uncomfortable, but you know what I've realized? When I'm not uncomfortable, I'm stuck. When I'm not uncomfortable, I'm stuck. When I'm not uncomfortable, I'm in my safe zone. And I'm very, very comfortable. I'm almost so comfortable, I don't even want to go outside. How can I grow if I'm not uncomfortable? When I was drinking and using drugs, I was extremely comfortable to some extent. I knew what I was going to do. I had my routine down and I could numb myself to everything. You know, I could numb myself to every emotion, to every pain, to every joy. It didn't matter. I was very, very comfortable. I had a lot of thoughts and a lot of aspirations and a lot of dreams and visions about what I would, could, should do. Um, as my homeboy Christian said, I should all over myself. And I think he got that from Anthony Robbins, um, I believe. But I love that line. Uh, I should have all over myself. That's what I did for a long time. I should have all over myself for years. I could do this. I could do that. Sit and daydream, just hammered, you know, at three in the morning, talking about I just fucking did this shit. I could have fucking this person. It's all their (laughs) fault. The whole victim mentality. It's comedy when you really think about it. Like here's what I learned, Shane Raymer. Nobody's gonna do shit for you but you. Nobody is gonna do shit for you but you. That's it. Now, do we all need some help? Absolutely. Man, I've had so many good people in my life, family and friends that have helped me out, that have helped us out as a family, you know, through this whole thing. But at the end of the day, when it really comes down to it, nobody is going to do anything for me, but me. And definitely to extend further than that, nobody is going to help me if I'm not helping myself. So it has to start from within. Just like Noah Levine says in one of my favorite meditation sessions that I plug on here often, it's called Ease With Everything on a Meditation Studio app. Happiness is an inside job. I got to work on me first before I can please anybody else, before I can make anybody else happy. And and really at the, you know, I just I just said that and I actually don't really believe that. I can't really please anybody else. I can't make anybody anyone else happy. And there's a good example of that right there. Even that conditioned thinking that it still, you know, it still comes up. I know that that's not the case because people have to make themselves happy. Now, how do you do that? I don't fucking know. I say it all the time. I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. I do know that for me, staying comfortable is not a good place to be. And here's kind of the caveat to that. When I get uncomfortable, I can freak out sometimes. How many of you listening right now freak out? when shit is not going your way, when it's uncomfortable, you start getting anxiety, you start feeling like, oh man, like what is going on right now? Change is coming. Like I know for me, I can feel change when it's coming. Whether I know change is coming or not, I can feel it in my gut before anything. I'm wondering if anyone else feels that. That's that's what that is. It's intuition, it's your gut. It's God, it's, um, you know, uh, something higher than, uh, I don't know what it is to be exact, but I know I can feel it. And I only say that because I, I want to be open about the fact that all of us kind of look at things differently and that's okay. You know, it's not one way or, or, or else, or this way is the only way, you know, I always want to keep that open on this platform that there's many, many different ways and we're all different and we're all, um, searching for, I, I think relatively the same thing, love. Uh, respect, uh, a little bit of fun, and we want to enjoy life, you know, but we can't do that if we're stuck in a bubble. So here's what I want to get into today. Um, Let's start off a little bit with just since I'm in the uncomfortable spot getting uncomfortable, I want to talk about, I was going to talk about opening day first, but I'm going to talk about this CrossFit thing first, because this was a great example of me having to get uncomfortable. And I know that this is a mild example, okay? Um, There's a lot of things that that are much more serious than this about getting uncomfortable when we're talking about dealing with death or dealing with addiction straight up, you know, trying not to drink like I understand that. So I want to be open about that and respectful about it. I'm not minimizing anybody out there who's going through something, you know, that's really serious and, and and they're having to get uncomfortable. But I think this example I'm going to give you right now with something that I went through last week is just a general example of, of getting uncomfortable and saying, fuck it, I'm all in. I'm going for it and, and actually just jumping in. So I didn't want to even talk about this because we're just almost about 30 days into it. But Jess and I have been trying out CrossFit, right? We found a really good gym. Uh, Thank you, Danny, who is who is a friend of uh, Jess's that she works with just in uh, just to give her a little shout out. Uh, She kind of talked to us a little bit, said, hey, I'm going to this great gym in Vacaville um, and uh, and you guys should come try it out, basically. So we said, you know what? The thing with us was that with the schedule and, you know, work and kids, um, we we knew what we needed to do, but we just didn't have the structure, I guess, to jump in and do it. And so in learning a little bit about CrossFit, about the community involved in it, and then the classes, we can bring the kids. We said, you know what, this thing looks like it's going to work. Let's give it a shot. And so we we jumped in at the beginning of March and um, and it's been absolutely awesome. I'm totally digging it, man. We've been hitting it, you know, four times a week and meeting some cool people. Um, eating a lot better, getting in shape, like having some fun with it. I got a lot to learn uh, as far as um, just some of the exercises and some of the powerlifting stuff. And that stuff will come. I'm not like I'm not trying to be the best fucking CrossFitter. Okay, I'm 37 years old. I'm, I'm pretty sure my time is is gone in that. You know, but what I am trying to do is get in some general uh, decent shape health-wise, both uh, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, and, um, and and health-wise, just as, as far as eating goes as well. And I will be damned if I'm going to go bust my ass and sweat like a pig and almost pass out for an hour uh, in a hard-ass workout and then come, you know, home and eat a bunch of garbage, you know? And so there's kind of that balance there that uh, that's been working out well. Here's how... Uh, the uncomfortableness comes into this. So I think that's just enough upfront for me to even admit and say, Hey, I'm jumping into another thing because that's what I honestly feel like. Okay. Here's another thing I'm doing. I'm going to try it out. Right. I don't know if it's going to stick for six months. I really hope my intentions are that it does, but there's a lot of uncomfortableness in that. And here's what I could have done. Danny could have came over here and said, Hey, yeah, I got this CrossFit thing. It's cool. I think you guys would really dig it. Like, you know, just try it out. Um, you can go try it for a week, see if you like it. Getting uncomfortable, uh, was okay. So actually me being uncomfortable in just that thought, new gym, new people, new stuff. Um, there's uncomfortableness right there, right in that moment, you know, and it would have been real easy for me to say, you know, I've heard a lot of dumb stuff about CrossFit. I can get hurt, which you can, no doubt, but don't be, you know, don't be trying to overdo it and take it a little bit at a time. Anyways, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to try to get into that aspect of it. But what I'm saying is, is that I could have made a ton of excuses in that moment. Why I'm not going to go do CrossFit, why I'm not going, going to at least give it a shot. You know, um, how I could get hurt. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have this, that, and the other. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I won't. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fucked, right? That's that mentality. Um, The the I'm fine thing I think is a little bit different, but it just felt right to say it right there. So uh, I always love that one too. But I had to get uncomfortable first and foremost in just saying the fact that yes, I will try CrossFit. Let's go see what it's about. Okay, so I got past that, and how did I do that? I just said, "Fuck it, I'm all in." I did the same thing with getting sober. I did the same exact thing, and that's what I'm trying to um, trying to uh, communicate to you, listening right now, is that you have to just you have to have that mentality. Like I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go all in, and I'm going to do whatever it is that I have to do to at least give this a shot. You know, at least let me try it out. I did the same thing when when I got sober. I got so tired and so exhausted of trying to do it and trying and trying and trying and failing. And I never went all in. I was too scared about what people would think, what they would say, how I would feel. How would I deal with life? How would I still have fun? All that stuff. Fuck it all in the neck. As me and my homeboy, Justin Moke used, used to say, like, I don't care anymore. I'm going for it. So that's what we did with CrossFitter, right? So here, so let and let me let me preface this by saying, like I said, I'm not trying to be the best CrossFitter. I don't know really much about CrossFitting other than it's kicking my ass and it feels great right now. Okay, but here's here's part two to this. Here's part two to this. So last week, uh, and and for you CrossFitters out there, if anyone listens to this does CrossFit, please excuse my verbiage. I'm not an expert in it. I'm a noob. Okay, newbie, as they say, or whatever. I'm new to the shit. I don't know all the stuff. But when I went last Friday, they were doing, it's a, uh, is it a preliminary to the CrossFit games? Uh, There were certain heats where people were testing their reps and then they go on. I know they move on and then you can compete. That's the only way I know how to explain it. So one of the cool things uh, about the gym uh, here, and you know what? I should probably plug these guys too. So let me give a little plug to them. Um, It's North Bay. Oh goodness. Now I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. Cause I want to be sure. Um, where the hell is it? I don't know. North Bay, Vacaville, CrossFit, Vacaville North. Um, Michael is the owner. Cool ass dude. Um, you know, want to give them a little love, appreciate them taking Jess and I in and stuff and, and being super cool. And we're having a great time, right? So the community aspect of it is cool too. And one thing that I mentioned earlier is we can bring the kids. So, cash last Friday, you know, said, Hey, I want to go to CrossFit. And I said, okay, let's go. Well, they were doing the CrossFit, uh, games, the heat, uh, getting judged, all that kind of crap. All right. So I go, yeah, I'll go, I'll go check it out. See what's up. You know, maybe hang out there having some pizza. Um, you know, the other kids were there running around, uh, let's get out of the house. Let's go get around some good people, some positivity and, uh, check it out. And I thought, you know, I might get a little workout in or whatever too. So I go there And to make a long story short, I reluctantly, out of fear, out of being uncomfortable, found myself committed to the very last heat of doing, um, 105 thrusters and 105 pull-ups in a timed fashion. Not only that with the whole gym surrounding watching everybody. Okay. I didn't know this. I don't, like I said, this is new for me. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I can't even do five pull-ups, but I'm going to sit here and have all these people watching me try to do 105 in this timed fashion. And they break it up. It's like 33, 27, 21, um, 15, and nine. And so you switch off in that fashion. You do the thrusters and then you do the pull-ups. And I'm completely out of my element. I'm still not in shape. I've only been doing it for three weeks you know, and so I had a decision to make and I, and I literally thought about this. I could have said, nah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to look stupid, you know, cause I knew I was probably going to look pretty stupid, you know? Um, and I had the opportunity a couple times to say, Hey, you know, and I could have easily done this and they would have been cool with it. I'm sure I could have said, Hey, um, I'm really not in shape for this right now. And I, I really don't, I don't want to get hurt. You know, I, I can barely do five pull ups, even though we're going to do them assisted off the box, you know, and um, so I'm going to go ahead and sit this one out uh, and uh, I'll, I'll try next time, you know, and and that way I'll, I'll know a little bit more. I'll be a little more prepared, though, though that right there was going went through my mind multiple times how I was going to craft and frame up this uh, this answer to getting out of doing this, um, you know, doing this CrossFit heat in front of everybody. So I, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't, you know, what are people going to think of me? Um, You know, what what are they going to say? Are they going to laugh? Even, I mean, even that a 37-year-old grown man, are they going to laugh at me? Right? Those are some of the shit that's going through my head. And, you know, I sat back for a minute and I really contemplated, you know, not doing it. And, and finally something clicked and said, no, fuck that. Like, go for it get uncomfortable, get laughed at, you know, get, um, get like, who cares if you look stupid, like just go for it and do it. You're going to be happy that you did in the end. You know, I didn't have any expectations. There wasn't any agenda for me. It was just a matter of just saying, fuck it and going for it. I'm going to do what they tell me to do. And I did, I did what they told me to do. They lined me out. They showed me, here's what a thruster looks like. You know, here's what the assisted pull up looks like. Go for it. Do as many as you can. So, so I did. I lasted till the the. So it went thirty three. I did the first thirty three of each. I did the second twenty seven, uh, and then when I got down to twenty one to the third phase, um, and I think you had to, I think we had twenty minutes to do all this. I literally was about to pass out and puke. I couldn't see. Um, I was uh, I was I was a mess, you know. And at the same time, it felt great. It felt great that I got uncomfortable, that I made myself do something um, that was out of my element. And you know what happened? I could feel the growth when I was done, just in me, just in saying, you know what? I don't care, man. You know what happened to everyone else? I mean, what did they do? They came up and they said, hey, man, good job. Way to jump in there and get after it. Who cares? Like you did great. You know, encouragement, build up. And that was just awesome. It was really, really fucking Awesome. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. When I say, you know, when I tell myself like Shane, like quit, that's why I titled this episode that like quit crying and get uncomfortable. You know, I, I didn't allow myself, you know, the mind, the mind, you know, I've talked about that before. I prefaced that the mind, the mind is separate from my soul, from my heart, from what I really want to do. The mind is a powerful thing. It's very, very powerful. It's an entity in itself. And when I can get a grasp on that at least somewhat, you know, at least a little bit of it and know that that mind is so powerful and it's going to try to take me out. It's going to try to trick me out of doing the shit that I can actually do. Man, I can say mind, shut the fuck up. I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to jump in and go for this. And that's, what's going to happen right here. I'm all in baby. I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. And I don't care if I look stupid. Now, how does this apply to recovery? It's the same concept. It's the same concept. The mind wants to tell us we're, we're, we're weak, it wants to tell us we suck, it wants to tell us we're not good enough, we're not worthy. We're, we could never live a sober, healthy lifestyle. We could never live a life of recovery. What would our friends say? What would our family say? What would our homeboys say that want to kick it and drag us down and make us feel like shit and do the same thing because misery loves company? That's what I'm talking about. There's a way to overcome that and you got to say, fuck it, going all in and get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Go for it. I wanted to read a quick article here, too, um, that I thought was interesting that it's funny how stuff finds you sometimes. Do Do you ever notice that how? you know, timing of stuff and it just finds you. I was kind of writing some of these show notes out and I don't even know how I came across this. I think I was looking for some other uh, articles on different topics and it said half of Americans battle, uh, gym, intimidation, afraid of working out in front of others. Getting to the gym is a task for many adults, but once there, feeling comfortable enough to start working out, maybe even more of a challenge. A survey of 2000 Americans found that half expressed fear out of working out in front of others. Yeah, I'm sure many, I know I have felt that many a times. Here's, here's something that, that started to make sense to me now. Now with CrossFit, I'm getting a little bit of training, right? Part of the problem is I didn't know what the hell I was doing in the gym. I still don't have, you know, know half of the stuff that I'm doing when it comes to technique, when it comes to um, you know making sure that I'm using proper form, that I'm not lifting too much weight, um, that I'm resting, that I'm eating healthy, all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm learning. I wouldn't allow myself to learn before because I was scared to get uncomfortable and have someone tell me what to do and take advice. know, that's why it was intimidating going into a gym too, because I I really didn't know what I was doing. Now, when you know what you're doing or when you at least have a general concept, a little bit of education about it, it's going to make it a lot easier to show up. Now switch that over to recovery. When you have a sponsor, when you have, um, a home group meeting, when you have somewhere to 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 go, some people around you that can help build you up, that can help support you, you're gonna be that much more in tune and comfortable walking into a meeting, walking into a, a community of like-minded people, whether it's CrossFit or 12-step or a church meeting or a men's group, or just a getting together and kicking it with your with, with some with your buddies who um who are hanging out for the night. You know, and you can stay sober in that aspect. You're going to educate yourself. That's huge. That's a huge part of breaking that system of being uncomfortable. Um. Now, where am I going with all this? I think I kind of already went <laughs> to the place. I had a bit of a, 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 a um, what are you going to call it? A brain? F- I hate that. I hate that uh, saying, a brain fart. I had a brain fart and I just said it and I hate it. Let me take a drink. Are you guys feeling me on this shit or what though? Are you feeling me on the getting uncomfortable? Like quit crying and get uncomfortable. Go for it. Who cares what anybody says? You know, who cares if I fail? I'm going to get back up and do it again. Who cares if I can't finish? I'm going to work harder so I can get closer to the finish line next time. Maybe I still don't finish, but I get a little bit further than last time. You know, what if I look stupid? Who cares? People look stupid all the time. You're only as stupid as you make yourself look. That's it. I'm not weak. It's not weak to ask for help. It's not weak to stand up and say, hey, I need some assistance here. You know, that is that is strength. There's power in weakness. You know, there's power in in vulnerability and saying, I need some help. And that's when you find your true um you know, your true purpose. Like, here's what I'm supposed to do. Now I want to transition into, uh, I know I said I was going to go to baseball, but I think I'm going to save baseball for last and and just share a couple of things about our our day at opening day recently. Um, But I also wanted to transition this into skateboarding for a couple of reasons here, uh, because it does have to do with getting uncomfortable. Now, first of all, before we get to, to that part of it, I found out I ride Mongo. Who knows what Mongo is? Mongo skateboarding. Okay. So let me, let me, uh, let me set this up a little bit. I've skated since I was a kid. Absolutely love it. Um, I have taken cash out skating recently. I bought a, uh, I think it's a nine, is it nine, seven, five, nine something uh, Rob Roskop like Santa Cruz board. The thing is so fun to ride uh, now at, at big dad, 37 year old age, but I can cruise around with cash at the skate park and um, the thing just carves good it's so much fun okay when I started skating back when I was I don't know maybe eight nine somewhere around there um I I've started skating with my right foot in the back of so I put my right foot on the back of the board I push with my left foot and then I transition um, I'm I'm sorry, I put my right foot on the board like in the middle of the board and then I push with my left foot and then I have to transition my feet where my back foot, my right foot is now towards the back of the board because my push foot, I come up and I put up front. And it's super awkward. I could never figure out why I rode like that. It's just how I've ridden. I, I've tried to ride goofy. I've tried to ride regular. I, I couldn't do it because I was already trained on how to do that since I was eight years old. And so... I always knew that there was something wrong with that. I never knew until this last weekend that there was a fucking name for it. Can you believe that? And and those of you who know, you're probably like, yeah, you're dumb, Shane. Like, why, how could you not know that? Well, I've ridden like that for 20, 29 years, I guess. And I just, I never knew. So we're, we're at my sister's um uh, um, my sister's house for my niece Gianna's first birthday, which was beautiful, by the way, I had a great time hanging with all the family. Um, and we're out front and, um, my little cousin Nolan is there who I, I mentioned, uh, has, uh, is, is blind. Can't see, but it just shreds an arm on the skateboard, him and cash, uh, the girls, my, you know, my daughter, um, the mom, I mean, everybody, the whole family's out there. We're skating in the court, um, everything's, you know, we're having a good time and stuff. And, and, um, I can't remember the, 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 um, the dude's name that came out. I forgot. I I believe it's our friend Rob's son. Uh, but he goes, Hey bro, you ride. I think he called it mongoose at first. He goes, you ride mongoose. And I go, what, what the fuck is that? I go mongoose. And he goes, yeah, you, you know, you, you have your, your right foot back and then you push, you push with your left and then you switch when you get on the board. And I go, dude, I go, I didn't know there was a name for that. I said, I've, I've ridden like that forever. And it's always been really awkward. And he goes, yeah. And I go, let me look this up. Let me look this up. So me and my, my cousin, Jared and I are just like kind of cracking up and, um, and I go, okay, let's go look up. well, it turns out it's called Mongo. Right. And I found this article. I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to touch on real quick. And then we're going to talk about Nolan and stepping out getting uncomfortable skateboarding blind. Okay. Um, so here's what Mongo is. (laughs) It says, we've all, and this this is titled Mongo and its importance to skateboarding. We've all ridiculed a Mongo pusher. If you haven't, you're either the nicest skateboarder in the world, a liar, or you're a Mongo pusher yourself. It's amazing that just a few centimeters of difference in foot placement is enough to automatically put you in one of the most ridiculed categories of skateboarding. And yet is one of the unwritten laws of wood pushing that everyone seems to adhere to. Urban Dictionary has found this definition for the Mongo push. Okay, so here we go. A stupid way to skateboard. A person skates Mongo if they use their leading foot, the foot that is in the front while riding, to push. While they're pushing, their back foot stays near the rear of the board and they push with their front foot. (laughs) And then they give an example. (laughs) Um, they give an example of using Mongo in a sentence and it goes, No wonder Stu can't learn that trick. Dude's pushing Mongo. <laughs> and me and Jared are just freaking cracking up as we're reading this shit, right? Cause I'm realizing like, dude, you're a dumbass who pushes Mongo. And at the same time, I'm thinking, Well, it's kind of cool. Fuck it. I push Mongo. Like, whatever, bro. That's just what I do. I've always done it. Um, It goes on to say for an activity where the majority of people who engage in and pride themselves on how free, expressive and creative it is, there certainly seems to be a lot of discrimination in the terms of how to do things properly and pushing seven plies of wood on four wheels in a certain way is one of them. Whether it's Mongo pushing, mall grabbing, yo flipping, or any, of the, any other of the unanimously decided anti-aesthetic motions, we've all discriminated against something in one way or another, and we all continue to do so because it's in our DNA, which I would 100% agree to. It's sad, but it's kind of part of talking shit and having uh, a little bit of fun too, I feel like. Uh, but have you, ever st- have you ever stopped to think about if any of these defects have any importance to skateboarding? And as far as Mongo goes, the answer is absolutely Yes. The Mongo push or the Mongo motion is the basis of at least four specific examples. Before I go on, let me give you the article to this, too. This comes from cheffamily.com. That's uh, uh, C-H-E-F-F-A-M-I-L-Y.com slash Mongo and its importance to skateboarding. So if you wanted to look this article up, I want to make sure that I give credit to... Uh, uh, to the uh, writer here. Um, but the Mongo push or the Mongo motion is the basis of at least four specific examples. Dropping in. There's a moment before every drop in where you're, where you're standing comfortably on the deck in a proud Mongo stance and no one feels uncomfortable or calls you out on it. It's one of the most basic and important things that you have to know in order to skateboard properly. Boneless one. By simply adding a pre-grab, an awkward Mongo push can be transformed into a powerful boneless. Boneless, bro. The Madonna Air, basically a Mongo push grab in the air. And then the No Comply, currently considered one of the most stylish tricks in skateboarding uh, and probably one of the hardest to do as well. There's a video on here, too. It's a, and then to, to, to end with it, it says the Mongo push will always be considered unsightly and cringeworthy, but must we acknowledge that the fact that a few of skateboarders oldest roots are firmly set in the Mongo soil. So I've been cruising around, um, you know, the skate parks at 37 in the last couple of uh, weeks and, and, uh, actually last month or two, because it's been raining so much out here, pushing Mongo around the skate park, knowing that I ride weird, but, uh, having a good time and who really fucking cares, right? Like I don't care I really don't, but it is definitely hilarious to find that out. Like wow, there's a thing for it. So, if you ride Mongo, hit me up and tell me, bro, I ride Mongo too. That would be so ridiculous. I would love that. Um, but to the point of skateboarding and getting uncomfortable. Back on topic here, real, real quick, okay. Little cousin Nolan, um, he's got a uh, a video up. On, I think I shared it on Instagram so you can go back and you can find it on Instagram account at real that sober guy. I think it has over 90 or 100,000 views on it of him skateboarding blind. Okay, and this dude has no fear. Absolutely no fear. You want to talk about being uncomfortable next time you think uh, that you can't do something. Okay, or that you uh, don't want to do something, or you're scared of what people will think, or you're scared uh, that people might judge you, or tell you that you're going to fail, or tell you that you're not good enough, or that you're not worthy. Go grab a skateboard, put a blindfold on, and then go out in your front street and ride around and see how long you last. That's proof right there. Okay, that's proof right there that getting uncomfortable is, is, um, is scary, no doubt, but at the same time, anything is possible. If my little cousin, you know, I think, I think Nolan's nine, nine, nine or 10, right around there, you know, can skateboard in the street, blind and shred, you know, it's, it's unbelievable, man. And just, we, we love that little dude so much. We just admire him. And he's such an example of, you know, such an example to other people of how we can learn, uh, to, to face, um, adversity and just say like screw screw this like you're not gonna stop me no yeah, I gotta know here I gotta know there I gotta know there everyone's telling me I can't do something like I do I don't care what you say I'm gonna go for it. I am gonna go for it and I'm gonna do it you know I mean that that right there is enough to just say like man quit crying and get uncomfortable right like just go for it go for that sobriety if that's what you're going for go for you know set a goal for yourself go for 30 days. Go for one day. Fuck that. Let's start with one day. Go for one day. If you're out there right now and you're going, man, I don't even know how to do this tomorrow. I'm going to start. Hell, today. Don't even wait for tomorrow. Just right now in this moment, I'm going to stop right here. I'm gonna. If I'm drinking right now, I'm going to put it down. You know what? I'm going to go from here. I'm going to try one day. And I'm going to start there. And that's really all you can do. And it, that's going to be a bit uncomfortable. But guess what? When you're doing that, when you when you go for it, Stuff will start to fall into place if you're doing the right things. I promise. I promise because I, I know because it's happened to me. And it's happened to many of my friends. You know, many of my friends inside and outside of recovery. And my family at that. You know, you just got to go for it. So much love uh, to little Nolan and and much love to my son, Cashy Boy, too. Him and Nolan just skated out there. and and uh, And Lucy and Madeline, too. Man, and, and my whole family, shoot, let's, let's, let's bust it out to the whole damn fam right now, right? I mean, why not? We got to show our fam some love. Um, we had a, a, a beautiful time and uh, just really enjoyed it. And back to what I was saying earlier about the case of the fuckets and stuff like that. Those moments, that's really what's important. I'm realizing, you know, those moments, that time spent, that love, um, you know, that's all the other stuff is just like, is it really that important? It's just stuff like it'll work out. It'll work out. As long as I'm doing the best right thing. And same. Same for you. Shit will work out as long as you're putting one foot in front of the other and doing the next right thing. So let's go ride Mongo, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. We had the pizza guy show up. I think I posted that video too on, uh, on Instagram. We were skating out there and Domino's showed up, bro. Who, <laughs> Dude, we're just skating and grabbing some pizza. I want to, I'm trying to find a copy of gleaming the cube, by the way. If anybody's seen that, one of the best skate movies of all time in the 80s with Christian Slater called Gleaming the Cube, that is the best. And uh, I think I did find a, I don't know if it was a bootleg on uh, Amazon, but I'm, I'm one, of the, one of those type of freaks that wants like the original um, first pressing or printing or uh, whatever it's called in the video industry. Um, I want like one of the originals and I've been looking for one of those. So if you find one, let me know. Mongo bub let's talk a little bit about opening day and uh we'll, we'll wrap this thing up about getting uncomfortable and uh and going for it so I recently took cash to opening day we had a damn good time um I uh um let's see Oakland played Anaheim they ended up winning which was great cash had a hot dog nachos a churro cotton candy and this dude learned how to chew on some barbecue sunflower seeds which was great So I got to watch him chewing on some seeds. Um, Good times right there. Uh, Now, here's why I'm bringing this up. Number one, we had a good time. It was fun. But it was so nice to enjoy the game with my son, not concerned about when I would go have to get a beer or how I could get more beer or how I was going to drive home because I was so hammered. Um, Let me be sure and say I'm not talking about anybody who goes to a ball game and has a beer or two. More power to you if that's what you do, and and, and you can do that. I think it's phenomenal. Um, I'm, that's a good time. I know I could never do that, uh, and I'm talking more or less about you know guys like me who get you know can't have one or two beers who get swasted at the game and then drive home with their kids because I've done it before, and I'm I'm not um you know proud to admit that, but it was so nice, you know, to go and and to not even have that be an issue. You know, the the worst thing we did was eat a bunch of junk food, which I mentioned earlier, you know, and and, hey, we had a damn good time. And just spending that time together was so nice where I'm not preoccupied with, you know, how I was going to be able to drink and get away with it. We watched the game um you know Chris Davis man just hit a mammoth shot to left field like up in the upper deck which was super exciting i think that was Cash's um first home run that he had seen actually i think Simeon hit one before that to center so maybe that was the first one but in any case two two great you know home runs hit lots of action rally towels swinging just creating those memories with my son was a beautiful thing and if you're listening out there and you, and you have kids you know, I just want to encourage you like, and, and, and I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm simply encouraging through my own experiences. I'm realizing how important those moments are. And when we can spend those moments with our kids without any substances involved and out and, and, and not any other outside um, distractions or agendas, that time, you know, we never get that time back. That's one thing I've realized, too, how, how valuable like you can have all the money in the world all the money in the world, but you know what you don't have all of in the world is time. Time is the most valuable thing. And when we're spending time with our kids, especially, you know, it's so, so valuable to be in the moment and and to be there with them. And hey, am I perfect at it? I'm not, you know, some one of the things I need to work on and that I'm trying to work on is being on my phone too much, you know, um, it's a distraction. I've actually, I think I mentioned this a, in a couple of podcasts ago about I've I've really considered lately going back to like a flip phone, just where if you need to get a hold of me, you can. And I'm still debating it. And it's a hard, that's a hard transition for me, especially with the work that I do. Um, you know, but it's something that I am considering because I'm the, the more I do this kind of stuff with my kids, you know, whether it's a baseball game or a dinner or a walk or whatever it is, like that time is so, so valuable. And I just want to make sure that I'm in the moment in all of that. Um, now Chris on Instagram commented I posted a couple of pictures up there if you're interested go, go to the Instagram at real that sober guy check those out uh, but Chris commented on there he said uh, how many grown men with gloves did you see <laughs> and uh, I had a feeling someone might ask this and I actually thought about it when I was there yesterday too. So let me preface this real fast for those of you who didn't catch the last couple of episodes because I, I mentioned grown man with a glove game. Now, when I go to baseball games, and I'll keep this short for those of you who have heard it, um, when I go to baseball games, I have this thing about grown men with gloves. Now, here it is. If you're a grown man with a glove, you should be embarrassed, okay? You have one you have one um, option, uh, one pass, should I say. If you have a kid with you, if you have your son or your nephew or you have a group of kids, maybe you're there with a baseball team, a bunch of kids, and you got your glove, totally cool. You get a pass, okay? But if you're there and you're a grown man with a glove at a baseball game, especially if you're trying to get other grown men who throw a ball for a living to sign that shit, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. That's just hilariously funny and weird to me. So grown man with a glove game came out of that thought as well as grown man with another grown man's uh, name on the back of his jersey is something that is weird for me too. I'll never ever do that. Not that I haven't done it before. I have, so I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't admit to that. I don't do it anymore, not because I'm better, because I think I'm great or because of any of that shit. I just think it's really odd to wear another man's name on your back. Like, why would you do that? Buy a jersey that's blank on the back if you want to support the team. But wearing another man's name on it is fucking weird to me. So how many grown men did I see, Chris, yesterday? I saw six. Six grown men with gloves. And here's a funny story. One of them happened to be sitting right next to Cash. And I didn't realize it at the time. And and this was great. So they hit a foul ball. Uh, Chapman plays third base for the A's. Um, Someone hit a foul ball. He went to throw the ball into the crowd right behind the dugout, and there was two grown men with gloves who fought over this ball. Well, before it got to him, they were both fighting to catch it. Okay, it was just a it was a little lob, a little lob. You could have caught it with one bare hand at that. They both stick their their gloves out, and the ball hits off one of the gloves and goes down. And immediately, myself and everybody else in the stadium. Ooh, they start booing them, right? Which was comedy. Two grown men with gloves get booed. Okay, you dropped the ball. What is wrong with you? So as I'm booing, I'm also saying, "Grown men with a glove, and you still dropped it." <laughs> only to my, uh, only to my embarrassment or comedy, depending on how you want to look at it. I kind of felt a little bit of both. As I looked to the right of cash and grown man with a glove was sitting right next door. So he didn't really say anything. I kind of quieted up because I didn't want to sound like an asshole. Um, Because, of course, that's not my intention. It's just a little game. I do think it's funny, uh, but I would never be a a, a literal dick to someone over that. Um, But it, it, it was. It was funny. And here's my point to that. You don't need a glove. You're a grown man. Catch that shit with your bare hands if you get a foul ball you catch it with your bare hands, maybe take your hat off. I don't know. But had they not had the the gloves, either one of them could have reached out with one hand and caught that shit much better than trying to use a glove with it. So it was pretty funny. Chris, six grown men with gloves. We saw, um, pretty hilarious. Damn. We had a good time. Cash ate a bunch of cotton candy and had fun. Good times. Um, man, you know, I just, I can't say enough about what it is to be able to get to spend some quality time uh, with your son. I, I realize how important dads are uh, to their boys. Um, and here's something, here's something Jess pointed out to me last night. And then I'm going to wrap this thing up here. Uh, when, when we went to bed, you know, Cash, a couple times during the game, he said, uh, he said, man, just me and my dad, just me and my dad hanging out at the game, man. And it just, it, um, it's so sweet. Right. And, and I was telling Jess this and she goes, well, you know, like why he kind of says that. Right. And I said, well, you know, yeah, I mean, he's excited and he's, yeah, he's pumped. And, and she pointed out, you know, how he understands how much, not only it means to him, you know, that how, how much of a good time he has and he's hanging out with his dad. He also understands how important it is to me to spend this time with him and how much that I, that I love him and that I love being with him and doing these things together and not being preoccupied with other stuff like all attention is on on him and the game and bonding together and you know that to me um is just it, it's it almost it, like I guess it kind of blows me away just to 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 think that at 4 years old he kind of grasped a little bit of that uh and is and is so astute enough to say like hey like dad like yeah just me and my dad here i'm so glad you know it, to thank me you know, he he thanked me multiple times yesterday. Thanks, Dad, for taking me out. He's four. Like, you know, I I just feel like that is um is is such a good thing. And through all the dumb shit I've done and, and messed up things I've done and unperfectness, you know, Jess and I are doing something right with, you know, with with these kids, and we're doing the best that we can do. And um, I wanna I want to encourage that to all you other parents out there who who have done you know, maybe maybe shit's not perfect for you. Maybe things, you know, aren't always going your way. Maybe you've done some things in the past that you just, you know, you, you wish you could take back or you regret or you wish you could have been there more. You wish that, um, you know that uh, that things could be different. And you know, here's the thing: like we can't change any of the things that we did in the past, but what we can change is what we're doing right now. We can change how we move forward. We can change. You know, the the things that, um, that, that help build us up, we can change, you know, putting things in place that help us grow, getting uncomfortable, stepping out into uncomfortableness in order to grow and show our kids that it's okay to do that. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be, um, you know, to have a little bit of anxiety. It's, it's okay to jump out and uh, try something new, even if we're not the best at it you know we get so used to being the best at things that we want to stick with what we know and that's fine being the best at something but at the same time how do we continue to grow from that you know for me i want to be trying new shit you know i want to be trying new things um so i hope i hope you guys got something out of this today you know i uh i'm really enjoying doing the podcast i'm doing a lot of solo stuff lately just to mention this uh too just because You know, it's a lot to book guests and, uh, you know, to put in pre-production time and all that stuff. And and it just it seems right now in the moment, which I really do try to live by, that this um, that this is where I want to be. Right now, we're going to have some more guests coming up soon. So don't trip if that's your thing. If you like the guests more than hearing my, you know, ass yap for an hour or whatever, but um, we'll definitely be doing that. Look out for the live shows coming up. uh, If you're in the Bay Area, Sacramento area at Journey Coffee, the next one is April 6th. Um, let's see what else, uh, if you, if you want more information about the live event down in San Diego, if you're in that area and you'd like to come out and uh, check it out, you can go to foundationsevents.com. That's uh, April 16th through the 19th or the 20th, I think at hotel Del Coronado, um, quit crying and get uncomfortable. Like ask yourself that today. How are you going to get uncomfortable today? What are you going to do that makes yourself uncomfortable that you know that you can grow out of to keep moving forward on a different path, on a different uh, trajectory in your life? Try something new really want to encourage y'all to do that today uh thanks for tuning in once again uh check us out at that you can connect with us on instagram at real that Sober Guy, uh on twitter at shane raymer thanks to foundations again uh for supporting us thanks to humans music for supporting us uh we love you guys peace love and respect Still say that I don't know anything about you. Oh, I don't know anything about you. But I know what you do in the back room. And you still say that I don't know anything about you. Oh, I don't know anything about you. But I know what you do in the.